What is up, everybody? Welcome back. Run Your Mouth Podcast. Here we go. Run Our Mouth. All sorts of stuff. Important stuff. Wow, we're off to a strong start on this episode. Hey, guys. Welcome. Run Your Mouth Podcast. Summer Port Store is in session. More dates coming at you. You know why? Because I've been home for like four days now. And I'm like, I fucking hate being home. I'd rather circle the country, even if it's 10 fans in a living room, because otherwise, what the fuck am I really doing with my life? What am I going to just stay home and spend my whole life eating cookies, jerking off? That's not for me. I'm going to get out there. I'm going to tour the country and I'm going to be in living rooms. I'm going to be on porches. I'm going to film more content out on farms. Uh, so, you know, buy some fucking tickets. Don't wait. Don't don't hit me up and go, hey, maybe I should come to this thing. Like, don't don't hit me up asking me to fucking pitch you on showing up to my shows. Just just click the link in the episode description. Buy a fucking ticket. Come hang out. All right, let's get into some actual important stuff going on because uh, it's like Hanukkah, dude. We've got six days of January 6th hearings coming at you because if uh, if we're going to have a, an election cycle coming up, we got to remind everybody about how bad that Trump guy was. Hey, remember, you don't want to be thinking about the inflations. You don't want to think about how things are costing you more, how Biden caused a war in Ukraine, how the world's going to starve of food. You got to remember how bad that Trump guy was. So let, let's bring that one back up. Uh, and here was a fun little video because we're going to get we're going to go deep into this January 6th stuff. I've delved in. I've got all sorts of footage for us to watch. But before we do that, I came across this one. So let's give this one a watch first. It has not even been 24 hours. Since the last mass shooting, and who knows how long until the next one. Too soon, my friends, what the hell are you waiting for? What we are My friends, what the hell are you waiting for? I like it when Jerry when when Adler gets so upset he just turns super My friends, it is time for us to take a vote. It now it's more of like uh, the vampire. I guess the vampire starts coming out. That's what it sounds like. It sounds like Dracula, my friends. Now is no time for us to be killing the kids. Nancy needs their blood. Ha, 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 ha. And uh, I like this version of reality that these uh, that these senators like to pretend they all exist in, where it's like, hey, all right, here's the version that they pretend is the way that they operate. It's as if, like, one guy is really serious he shows up and he wants to get work done and then they go, all right, but the, uh, the, the, the Senator from Kentucky is it's now his turn. And then that guy goes up and he just starts blowing balloon animals. And then you go, all right, guys, can we, can we get serious? We we've got serious things to address here. Can we get serious? All right. I guess I'll acknowledge the, the, the Senator from, from Connecticut. And then that guy literally pulls up in a clown car and then like 50 clowns get out of this thing. And he's like, all right, you got your five minutes. And and he's out there and they're throwing pies into each other's faces. They're doing the seltzer movement to people's faces. And then they go, all right, your time's expired. And then he's got to get off. And then he goes, all right, now we recognize the the, the Kentucky, the, 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 the center from Texas. And then that guy's doing, just doing the mime tricks. He's doing the, and he's like, are you at least, and then, and then he tries to interrupt. He goes, you're not even talking. And then if someone's like, you got to let that guy have his time, you let him have his time. And then the one guy's like, can we just quit clowning around? If we could just quit clowning around, we could finally get to a decision. Except every single one of them all gets up there and just goes, can the rest of you quit clowning around? It's like if they 
if they just got together and decided that something was serious enough to address it, they could get it done. But everyone's just clowning around. And I, I think maybe the clowning around that they're referring to is when you do six days of prime time uh, addressing something that's not an issue instead of delving into inflation. How is it that this gets prime time television? How is it that most shit happens in the middle of the afternoon, but all of a sudden you get six evenings of prime time for the January 6th stuff? How, how does that happen? Who gets to sit down and figure out these TV schedules where you go, nope, I want to be on evening hours. I don't want to be on in the afternoon when they're talking to Powell about inflation. Give me, give me the good slot. Give me, give me, give me the evening hours. I want 8 p.m. I want to go up against WWF and How I Met Your Mother. I don't even know what's on primetime TV these days. Was it on primetime or was it just on like the the CNNs when those things were going on? I don't know. But why don't we watch some of the actual footage from the uh, January 6th stuff? You know, they're having these hearings. We got, we got, by the way, this was only day one. We've got five more days to see what else they put together for us. So let's watch a little bit of footage from day one. Uh, cause there's a specific thing that, that I would like to highlight actually. Yeah. yeah let's watch a little footage and then I'll, uh, I'll give some more insight. I hope so. I hope so. Because if Mike Pence does the right thing, we win the election. All vice president Pence has to do is send it back to the States to recertify and we become president and you are the happiest people. Mike Pence. Don't you guys like being happy? I can do it. I can make you feel so good. If you'll just stand with me, the goodness you'll feel. Okay. We could all be feeling so good. If you could just do this one thing for me, it's going to get, it, you're going to feel all right. Okay. Don't you like feeling good? She's going to have to come through for us. And if he doesn't, that will be a, a sad day for our country. Because you'll never, ever take back our country with weakness. You have to show strength and you have to be strong. So first is, I, you know, I forgot about this moment uh, completely. Uh, but, uh, I, you know, I, I never even remembered watching this clip. But to me, the one question of this entire January 6th thing, well, first is, we should really be looking into the FBI's involvement. Go check out. There's a part of the problem. It's going to be coming out later. We played footage of Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan was supposed to be, uh, he was the pick for the Republicans to be a part of this committee to look into January 6th. Uh, but Nancy Pelosi blocked him. Uh, she said that he cannot be on the committee. And of course, that was because if they were going to do an investigation into what happened on January 6th and how we could actually secure our democracy, you'd have to do investigations into things like, well, was the FBI involved in that day? which was uh, a video we played of Thomas Massey with a particular individual who has yet to be charged. And of course you get the uh, Merrick Garland who uh, you ever want to prove for the fact that our democracy is a big old sham. It's that Merrick Garland was almost on the Supreme court. Is there anything scarier than watching the way Merrick Garland runs the justice department and then realizing that that was their pick to be on the Supreme court fucking partisan guy wants to lock up teachers, not teachers. He wants to lock up parents. He wants domestic terrorism titles and he just sits there and he goes, well, it's an ongoing investigation, so we can't comment. But sure, I'll come in here so you guys can have all the oversight you're ever looking for. You're not going to answer any questions, but I'll sit here to make sure things are true. Can't answer that one. We're here for transparency, but nope, not going to answer that question. Oh, you know, I can't comment on that one. But yep, we're here for transparency. So anyways, 
that episode, uh, it might already be out, but we played the video of Thomas Massey. We played the video of Jim Jordan, all the questions he would ask if he was up there. So we want to look into this. We want to make sure that these incidents never happen again. All you got to do is call up Nancy Pelosi. You want someone to, to ask tough questions to. That's the lady you should be asking. We're going to play some videos in a couple minutes showcasing just how much time was in between the beginning of when they started storming the Capitol to when they actually got into the building. And it would seem to me all it would probably take is uh, one phone call from Nancy being like, you know what? Maybe staging this coop thing, uh, maybe it's not the best idea. Or maybe we should let the other senators know so that it doesn't get out of hand. And one of these Marines that we hired for the day, I'm in deep conspiracy space right now. I hope you can differentiate in your own head what's uh, what's clearly factual that I'm reporting to you and then what's a little bit more on the, the lunacy side. But I leave that to you guys to differentiate. That's not my job. My job is just to run my mouth. It's your job to figure out what the fuck is fact and fiction. Uh, or it's not your job. Yeah, or you can just uh, walk around confused all day. You, you can do that, too. That's a that's a fun way to approach it. Anyways, you want to prevent another January 6th from happening. You got to look into the FBI. You got to look into Nancy Pelosi. You got to look into why you got women's on the front lines who probably couldn't even stop a cheerleader from eating more cake. I don't know. That's not a great example. <laughs> There's a lot of things that you can look into if you wanted to prevent these kind of behaviors in the future. Uh, but instead, you know, they want to go off and they want to pretend like Donald Trump was involved in some coup. And now I think there's a couple elements here that you got to separate. One, this whole domestic terrorism or the fact that we're uh, there's people out there trying to forcefully take over our country. You got to throw that one out. It's a load of nonsense. And that's the most dangerous rhetoric out there is that there's uh that we need the FBI to have more te more power and we need to police more online activity and we need more censorship because there's a violent tide of white racists out there who will engage in violence. They nearly overtook our country. You got to throw that one out. There is one aspect that I think we need to look into. I believe that it is a fair and reasonable question, which is, did Donald Trump sit down with a lawyer and go, hey, if I lose this thing, what can we do so that I can just remain in power? And then did he then go from there and try and figure out a way to create uh, a false narrative of election fraud so that he could then pull some Weasley stunt of trying to pressure Pence not into certifying the elections? And then I don't really know where he would be going from there. I, to me, that's the one thing. If you could prove that, then maybe you'd have an argument that Donald Trump shouldn't be allowed to run again. Now, if Donald Trump was even working with the slightest bit of evidence to suggest, hey, maybe there are irregularities in this election, and so he actually had cause to maybe say, hey, we shouldn't be certifying this thing or we should be looking into it, and that means even reasonable that like, or even bad information that people were feeding to him. So if he had people on his team who were straight up telling him, hey, they're about to steal this election from you. They're not playing fair. And so you're in by a minute ago of we're going to have to hand it back over to the states to recertify. So that doesn't sound to me like he was trying to steal democracy or change the like, you know what I mean? That that sounds I, I, I mean, I don't know what his plan was there in terms of handing it back over to the states. I don't know what he. I got to repeat myself. Apparently, uh, the FBI, they're after my scream. I don't uh, stream. I don't know what he thought 
would magically change in the process, I'd actually love to hear the explanation from Donald Trump himself. What exactly was your full plan here? So people come to you. There's evidence of voter fraud, which we can all agree. There was some shady shit that happened in those elections. You know, when they go, oh, well, all the elections were certified. It's a little bit when they go, uh, well, as we've heard from every single intelligence agency, it's like, yeah, but what about all of these videos I saw with people giving testimony of being locked out? It's like a Bugs Bunny trick. You know, you walk outside, you're just trying to get some lunch, and all of a sudden you can't come back in. You're not allowed to count votes. Uh, now, with that being said, we've also had lawyers come onto this show and tell us that the uh, actual court cases that were being opened were done so sloppily. I don't even know if that's a word, but they were done with uh, such... that it would seem that they didn't even really want to be in court or have those court cases, that they were just creating those court cases so that they could have their own news to report on. So just to kind of recap here, there's multiple different elements at play. The deep state, they did Donald Trump dirty. There's no question about that. They created this Russia collusion hoax bullshit thing. CNN reported it on a couple of years. They should get in trouble for that. Donald Trump did not have a fair run in his presidency. And yes, the, the deep state absolutely did him dirty. Now, was there election fraud? We should look into that as well. It shouldn't be open-ended. Uh, that, that, you know what I mean? We, we got enough resources in this country. That should be an absolute yes or no. I got to go watch that, uh, that Mules documentary. And then there was even this story that came out in Jersey the other day where they found, I think it was a record of about 7,000 duplicates. So there's, there's, some, there's some shady shit out there with the voter fraud. We should look into that. The whole January 6th, you got to drop that, like the, the domestic terrorism, all that, that's dangerous, that's got to be dropped. Nancy Pelosi and the FBI, they should be investigated. And guess what? There's one other individual who should be investigated, and that is Donald Trump, to discover whether or not, and I think you would find out that he was working with either bad information or at least reasonable information that there was voter fraud and that maybe he should look into what he can do to make sure that it was an honest and fair election. If he was doing that, man, that's all right. The man's in good standing. But if he did actually sit down with, I, I guess, a plan of, hey, let's fabricate some news stories. Let's try and bully Pence into not certifying the election. And then I don't know what the next step in that plan is, because if you hear from him here, it sounds like it's going back to the states, which isn't robbing anyone of democracy. Then the states will have to either certify or not certify it. So it's not like they go, oh, I guess, uh, you know, we've never been in this situation where the vice president doesn't certify it. And so since there's no precedent I guess the current president just remains. I don't think that's the way it was going to work, nor do I think Donald Trump was trying to play that card. So I'm just saying there's like, I guess maybe this is my own fucking OCD shit. It's like the two wrongs don't make a right. The fact that there were the Democrats in the deep state robbed Donald Trump of his presidency with the whole Russia collusion thing doesn't then make it okay for him to try and steal an election. That's the one thing that you could... I think make a reasonable inquiry into, which is separate. Like you don't like Donald Trump doesn't get a pass for that. If that's what he did. I also don't think you can possibly prove it. And it doesn't seem to me like that, that was the way he was operating. And then all this other shenanigans about the, uh, the right waste, right racist looking to take over the country who stormed our capital. It's all nonsense. All right. We got more videos to play, but I, I just ranted a whole bunch. So you know what? Fuck it. Let's, uh, let's take a couple comments here. Andy blue. 
Abe Lincoln was a military dictator, even locked the Supreme Court justices in their house and used military to guarantee victory in a second election. Also disenfranchised Southern whites. Eh, could be. I don't know anything about history. I'll take your word for it. Election rigging is not a new phenomenon in the USA. Annie Blue, shut up, go back to sleep, stop being a schizo. This is all a distraction. Any further noticing of the wrong kinds of patterns and will label you as subversive. At first, I wasn't sure if you were upset about at me there specifically or if you were commenting about somebody else. All right, let's take a look at uh, a few of these uh, videos. Uh, and let's start with this. I hope so. So just to point out, I didn't take this from some conspiracy channel. This is straight from uh, ABC News Australia. The title of the video was New Footage Revealed at January 6th U.S. Capitol Riot Hearing, ABC News. And so here is something that I would like to point out to anybody who is so concerned with how is it possible that these people were able to take over our Capitol building and nearly overthrow our government. We are so at risk of people. If anything, this would be proof of the fact you, you took a building and then you realized, ah, shit, that doesn't mean that we're now in charge of the government. It's not like a video game. It's not capture the flag where if you get the Capitol building, all of a sudden, you know, the military goes, all right, well, they took the building. So I guess they're in charge now. Who do you guys want to be president? All right, Donald Trump. Cool. All right, that that's it. You know, they, they took the building fair and square. I, I hope the next guy does a better job protecting the building because, you know, once you take over the building, that's your building now. Rules are rules. Capture the flag. They took the building. Uh, sorry. You guys should have put more security there. That's on you. Rules are rules. They take the building. It's their government now. All right. So this is from ABC News. Uh, and here's what I'd like to showcase to you guys. So they, to dramatically showcase to you just how bad the incidents of that day were, they showed all of the entry points and they gave a timetable. So the timetable that they have is that the first breach of the Capitol grounds is at 12.54 p.m. at the Peace Circle. All right. For all of those who are only listening, they're not watching. Keep that number in mind. 12.54 p.m. Up until this, this is yelling. This is walking around. There's no acts of violence. There's no pushing offenses. At 12.54 p.m., you've got the first instance of these people getting through a barricade. All right. Now, 1.37 p.m., is the next incident of them breaking through the next barricade. Now I'm working off of this video. I haven't seen other timetables along these lines. I'm just telling you, they had this dramatic video of the different times that I guess there was violence and these people descended onto the Capitol. And so first incident, 12.54 p.m. Next landmark that they break through isn't until 1.37 p.m. And now let's watch video of this skirmish. Because this skirmish, before they get to the next entry point, which will be the doors, goes from 1.37 to 1.49 p.m. So let's just uh, let's watch a little bit of this footage from 1.37 to 1.49. Okay, so now 1.49 p.m., they break through the gate, and now they're headed up the stairs directly to the doors of the Capitol building. Uh, this is the East Plaza, and we're now at 1.49 p.m. Can you can you hear in your head what I'm building towards yet? All right, so you got the people that are being pushed. You got the cops yelling at them. You got a bunch of batons. You got swinging. 
It's like watching a video game. You're watching this one cop pan. Now it's 2.06 p.m. They're still there standing around and yelling and yelling. Oh, my God, I hate you. I hate you. You're not my real dad. I wish you were my dad. I'm going to hit you. And now they're climbing the steps, and people are really yelling. They're really screaming. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. And now we've got a guy, and boom, he's breaking the window. Dominic Pizzola, he's up there, front of the lines with the thing in hand. All right, so let's stop this here for a second. Let's just go over the time. 12.54 p.m., first incidents of violence. From what I'm telling from this video, it's at these gates. Next incident, 1.37. And then it looks like it's about 10 to 15 minutes more before they're at the doors of the building. You're telling me that people wanted to protect the Capitol building and that within an hour, they couldn't get more support there? I mean, how is that possible? I'm just telling you, like, if your agenda is that you're the Capitol Police and you realize, hey, we might have a situation on our hands and really, really care about this building, you're telling me that within an entire hour, not one call could be made? Not, I, I, I mean, do you see, like, we've all seen kind of movies where someone robs a bank and, like, they, they're like, oh, we've got six minutes till the cops show up. So, and, uh, like, I feel like in my town, if I showed up to engage in some act of violence, I've seen the line of cop cars that exist outside of that police station. What do you think? Six minutes that they all turn on their lights and they're flying down the street. And you're like, man, something cool has got to be going on. Or I think about New York City. Do I've seen sometimes in New York City, like just a motorcade of cop cars and they're it's going like as far like you can look down the FDR drive and there's as many cop cars as I could possibly see in my life. You think if there was an incident, let's just say like at the Federal Reserve or down on Wall Street, how many cops do you think they could get to that area within 10 minutes? And now we're talking about the Capitol building. This thing that you guys are saying is the, the holy of holies, this place that nobody should be able to enter. And you think that Washington, D.C. must have some incredible level of security there. You think that the Pentagon, you think if someone tried showing up at the Pentagon and they wanted to defend the Pentagon, the army couldn't be swooping in with black hop, like just the, like uh, more black, uh, the, the, what do they call them? Black Hawk helicopters than you've ever seen in your entire life. It would literally be like that scene in Apocalypse Now when they're like, dun, 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 and Robert Duvall standing there going, I love the smell of napalm in the morning. And he goes, you're going to surf that beach, motherfucker. You know how many fucking Viet Congs I just killed? We are surfing this motherfucking beach. Except they wouldn't be surfing beaches. They'd be shooting people at the Pentagon building. You're telling me within an hour, with our military reserves, with all the military that exists, the Capitol Police, fucking CIA, Pentagon people, random schmuck. Like, really? Maybe, maybe they got the timetable wrong in this video. I, I don't know why. If, when I saw this shit like a year ago, it seemed to me like it was a 10-minute march from, I guess, the first incident to when they were inside the building where you could go, all right, I guess they were understaffed on that day. But if this trick, I mean, if, th if this video that I'm watching is real and this timetable that they're giving you, which was supposed to scare you into just how scary these acts of violence are, that it was basically an entire fucking hour, then then tell me that this wasn't that this wasn't, you know, a work of the FBI and Nancy Pelosi. All right, now let's go deeper into conspiracy space, or let's take a step back. Let's take a step back instead of going and saying that this was the work of the FBI and Nancy Pelosi. Let's take a step back and let's just go, how incompetent can these people be that within an entire hour, they couldn't get themselves any ounce of reinforcement or security whatsoever? 
How is that possible? And if you guys want to know how you can protect buildings, I guess it's just be a slightly less, it, more, less incompetent, just a little bit less that within an hour of people breaking down a fence, go, hey, I'm at the bottom fence and I know you guys are at the top fence, uh, but it seems like they're coming through the fences. So if uh, the situation at the top fence is just that you got three hot chicks who are standing here with the walkie-talkie, uh, you might want to get some more people at the top fence because the three hot chicks with walkie-talkie systems not working at the bottom fence. Uh, but good news is you got about an hour, and uh, we spend, uh, uh, what do we spend on our military? Like a trillion a year? I don't know the actual numbers. All right, now let's go into the conspiracy space. We're not even in the conspiracy space yet. We're about to go there. So we just saw this guy breaking the video. I mean, he's breaking in. Uh, he breaks into the window, right? Now, the other entry points, you got people at the doors. They're just opening. It's almost like when you get invited into a magic castle and you're like, wait, why did that? It's just like creepy. Like the door just opened for me. Are doors just supposed to open for me? That doesn't seem right. You know, like in horror movies, when like uh, something happens, they show up to the mansion and they're like, oh, maybe we can get help in there. And then the doors just open and then you walk in and they just close behind. You're like, ah, shit, that doesn't seem good. All right. So this guy from this video that I just watched on ABC, they show it all the way from that first break into the barricade, second break into the barricade to this guy breaking through a window. And you go, all right, who's this guy on the front lines who's breaking through the window? I look him up and I have a general theory when it comes to this stuff. If people are good looking, those are the FBI people. When you see these dudes who are all shredded leading the charge, I go, that's that's not. The, the, the other people are into this shit. They're fat fucking dorks. That was my theory with the Michigan thing. And I was right. You know, you get these good looking hunky dudes. They show up to these meetings with these fat fucking losers and they they're all cool and shit. And they're like, let's go do this. Let's go do that. And then the fucking losers look at the cool guy and they're like, yeah, we should do that. That's a good idea. Because, you know, those cool guys, they're training. They're fucking CIA, FBI, alpha men. They're right out of action movies. And so you put them around with these fat fucking losers. And they go, yeah, yeah, I like I like what the big, strong, rocky guy is saying. So in this case, uh, you've got a bunch of Proud Boys. They've all been taken up on these charges of uh, Saren something. I don't even know what the charges are. But here's the guy. He's on the front lines. He's cracking the window. And uh, I don't know where he got that shield from. But it also looks like I wouldn't know how to break through a window with the shield. I wouldn't know how to hold it like that. I wouldn't know the protocol on that. I also wouldn't have an earpiece that like, I guess this is, uh, well, it turns out, yes, this guy used to be a Marine. Not only is he a Marine, but this is from Axios. The majority of Proud Boys indicated for sedition, that was the charge, were U.S. military veterans. Here, let's read the line. Uh, driving the news, four out of five members of the Proud Boys right-wing extremist group who were indicted on sedition charges previously served in the military. The indicted military uh, include an army veteran with a purple heart, two Marines and a sailor recruit. I believe that this guy was one of the Marines. I don't know if he actually uh, served any in active duty, but he was there for six years. I think they said he was stateside. And now for your grand finale, let's not forget the fact that the Proud Boys leader uh, has a prolific was a this is according to Reuters headline from Reuters exclusive Proud Boys leader was prolific informer for law enforcement. Now I know that like the claim of Thomas Massey is who's this other guy that this guy wasn't even charged. I would feel like if I was the FBI, my informants they they go to jail for a little while. 
or at least you'd pretend like they went to jail. Do we ever get security cameras of people in their jail cells? Is just Lane Maxwell actually serving out her sentence? I'm just saying, if I was the world powers it be, I'd find some other lady in a wig, I'd throw her in a jail cell, and I'll be like, yeah, that's just Lane Maxwell right there. I'd be like, yeah, 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 our informants, they're in jail. What, do we ever interview like the other people who are supposedly in the same jails as these people to find out if they're actually in these jails? Or, uh, yeah, yeah, he was, uh, he was a risk to everyone. He was in solitary confinement. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, he was on this floor for a week, then he was on that floor. Or you go to jail for a couple of years, but, you know, the guards kind of, they got to look out for you and got a nice fat retirement check. Listen, I'm being honest. We are balls deep in conspiracy space here. Let's start with what we can say for sure. There was a level of incompetence that it seems that between, uh, that there was like a full hour for them to call for reinforcements and they just didn't. Seems odd, the level of security that existed on that day. The questions that Jim Jordan and others would have had for Nancy Pelosi seems like they are valid and they should be looked into. Thomas Massey and Ted Cruz's question of, hey, were there any FBI people on the ground on that day? Also, once again, just reasonable questions, not even in the conspiracy space, where the people that were breaking in the doors, leading the charge, working for the FBI. And now me, I'm just going to take it one step further and take a look at some of these people. And by the way, the fact that they have military experience, that, that's, not, that's not an absolute because I would say that the actual biggest risk to our government, like if you watched, uh, do you guys remember when those Bundys took over a ranch? There's a really funny video. You can go find it where this guy's freaking out at the internet and he's opening up boxes of gifts and everyone's just sending him dildos. And, and, and he's like just taking the bait where he's waving the dildos around. He goes, this isn't funny. Why would you fucking send us dildos? And this is another huge dildo. Why would you send this to us? Like, he couldn't do a worse job of getting pissed off, making it hilarious and taking the bait. But that guy was like a military sniper, you know? So, and, and then here's the thing. I guess you go to the military. A lot of people leave the military. I don't know that they enjoyed their service or they, uh, or maybe they're a little bit rattled from their service and now they got those skills and then they turn into Rambo. So I'm not saying that the fact that these guys serve in the military means that they for sure still work in the military and then are still working in intelligence. I'm just saying that there's for sure something shady about the fact that the people leading the charge don't look like the other people and that some of them even have a track record of having worked with the FBI as undercover and informants. And they just they don't look like they would otherwise belong in these groups unless they were still working for government. All right, let's take a couple comments. Then I got I got even more on this. We're not even halfway through this episode. All right, here we go. David Allen, is Epstein really dead? I think that's a fair question. David Allen, I heard a conspiracy theory that James Biden, Joey's brother, owns a tiny island next to Epstein Island. Wouldn't that be weird? Almond Bundy for Idaho governor. Is he actually running? That's interesting. Full-grown man, I think Epstein is dead. They avoided a trial with him and put a lid on the entire situation with Ghislaine. Don't forget about that other guy in France that just died. The other guy that was a part of that operation sitting around wearing his uh, Israeli military t-shirts. He was like some sort of like designer or something, but that guy's dead too. And uh, remember that safe that the FBI took out of Epstein's home? Well, we never heard about that one again. I think the FBI is claiming that they lost that safe or that it burned in a fire. Sure, sure. I'm sure that's what really happened. All right, let's watch some more of this uh, January 6th footage. So here was January the- six. Let's watch some of the actual beginning of the year. an attempted coup. A brazen attempt, as one rioter put it shortly after January 6th, to overthrow the government. Those who invaded our capital 
and battled law enforcement for hours were motivated by what President Trump had told them, that the election was stolen and that he was the rightful president. President Trump summoned the mob, assembled the mob, and lit the flame of this attack. I want to pause there for one second. If you believe that to be true, then should we let these people out of jail? I mean, like, it, it, then are, aren't they soldiers for freedom that were duped by the president? I, I would almost prefer that to all these people sitting in jail. You know, maybe, maybe you could look at it that way and go, these guys actually are patriots. They were misdirected by the president at the time. You know what I mean? That's the president at the time. If the president at the time was going, hey, if you want to take this line of reasoning and go, the president at the time lied to them and said that uh, they are stealing the country from you and me because I'm the real president and I need you to take action. Never said those words. Never said, hey, engage in violence. But if you want to say that he is responsible, well, then by like by default, shouldn't those other people then not be responsible? Like if the fault's on Trump, can we let the other people out of jail? Like why why should both of those things kind of be true at the same time? Uh, but, you know, we'll leave it to Liz Cheney. All right. So then here I just want to highlight one other two other moments from uh, this opening dialogue. So they played footage of both Barr and uh, Trump's daughter basically saying we understood that this was going to be bullshit. But then they highlight a general. And uh, the general, of course, that they have is the woke deep state general, uh, Miley, you know, the person who seems to be pushing for socialism. Uh, so that's always odd when, you know, the deep state activities are kind of referencing their own characters and actors. So let's see what Mr. Miley has to say. We have we have to kill the narrative that the vice president is making all the decisions. Uh, we need to establish the narrative that, um, you know, that the president is still in charge and that things are steady or stable or what's that thing. I immediately interpret that as politics, 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 uh, red flags for me personally, no action. All right. I mean, I don't know that that was the best quote from Miley. I just thought the fact that their call to authority was also the socialist general was odd. And then here was the last oddity that we'll highlight is so you have the one cop who's guarding these gates. And then she, you know, talks about how horrific, how horrific of an experience it was being on the front lines of guarding this gate. Seems like she's the only cop at these gates. And so, you know, we can watch a little bit of the footage of the guy slamming into the gate, uh, her falling to the ground. And I, I guess just kind of sitting it out in the corner from there. Um, but and then her testifying about it. Let's give it a watch. When I fell behind that line and I saw, I can just remember my my breath catching in my throat because I, what I saw was just a, a war scene. I'll just stop it there. How is this the lady who's working security? Imagine if you had a club. And you, you get your two big beefy guys on the outside. And then you say that this is the most important and holiest club in the entire world. And this is your security. I'm just saying, you really want to defend a spot. Then then fine. Let's just go with that Nancy Pelosi or whoever else is in charge of security is the most incompetent individual on the entire planet. Or maybe we need to rethink this woke thing that maybe there's quotas for, hey, uh, we're running security detail here. Do we have a couple hot chicks on the squad? 
I, I need some thin, brittle hot chicks. Otherwise, we're not going to fill our quota. Yeah, put them on the front line. That, that's the most important gate right there. And, you know, what are we going to say? That thin, brittle hot chicks can't handle the job of uh, handling security at the front gate? I'm not going to be the woke general who says things like that. All right, I think that's all I had from uh, from the January 6th January 6th. Let's see. Yeah, that's all I got. All right, let's move on to some other topics. So the big thing that, you know, they're not addressing, as they say, hey, we just got to get serious. Let's remember that apparently the Democrats don't care about protecting your kids all that much because uh, I guess they could be using all this prime time to be drumming up support for taking away people's weapons. But instead, they want to make sure that uh, everyone remembers just how evil Donald Trump was. So I, I guess that's exactly what uh, Nadler means when he goes, everyone's clowning around. Uh, he's talking about the other Democrats who, instead of focusing their efforts on taking away our guns and making sure that kids are actually safe in schools, uh, wants to have clown court on Donald Trump instead. You know, if we could just get serious and put our efforts to it, we could end this. But And so I, I, I encourage my other colleagues to quit clowning around. So there's an article in the Wall Street Journal. I will read it for you guys. Not the entire article, just the headline. Relax. We're not going to read that much news. And you know what? If you feel like right now you feel unsettled, you feel like, holy shit, this is even creepier than I realized. Well, then you know what I recommend for you? Oh, you know what I'm going to recommend? Yo, Kratom, home of the $6 kilo. Get yourself a kilo of train wreck pills. You take one of those a day and you can listen to me yell all day. You can listen to this on repeat. You'll just be calm. You'll be feeling good. If you're over the age of 21, Got to be over the 21 to be enjoying your Kratoms. But if you're over the age of 21, you go to YoKratom.com. You can get yourself an entire kilo of Kratoms. You can listen to me yell all you want. You take the Rob Bernstein Run Your Mouth Kilo Challenge where you start taking your, your train wrecks. You sit here. You're listening to me hooting and hollering. And you're just like, yeah, I'm fine. I don't care. I'm not alarmed by this at all. So, yeah, that's how good and relaxed you could feel. All right. Now let's go back to this Wall Street Journal article. Here we go. I'm actually going to raise the volume a little bit here. Uh, our man arrested near Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh's home is charged with attempted murder. So you got this guy, shows up, wants to kill Kavanaugh. And uh, you know why he decided to turn around? I don't know if you guys know this. He was deterred by guards. Apparently he showed up, he saw guards. And so you know what he does? He calls up the police, he turns himself in. He goes, hey, I'm having some crazy thoughts here. Uh, and so they, you know, he turns himself in. And I think there's a couple pieces of information that are worth noting over here. I don't think it's worth screaming and going, look, look at what the Democrats are doing. They're provoking violence in this country. The Democrats with all their rhetoric are undermining our democracy where people are feeling encouraged to go. No, that's really stupid. You know what? Everyone looks at, they go, oh my God, there's crazy people. And we've got an issue with crazy people and crazy people just seem to, uh, I don't know. They, they, I think they dig, they they gravitate towards these topics because maybe it's like a redemptive story where they're like, hey, I'm crazy and miserable anyways. So I can sacrifice towards my towards this thing that I think people would appreciate. And so I, I, I don't I don't know. I don't think anyone really knows. But I think people just look at this and they don't go, oh, these narratives aren't provoking violence. They go, we got a problem with some crazy people, which is the right approach. And so let's let's take that as a consistent that. We've got an issue with crazy people and we should figure out what we can do with crazy people. And in this case, maybe we could learn from what happened and go, wow, the guy was deterred by guards. And so I bring this to our conversation about uh, gun control because the Democrats are looking at the situation, which, yes, is tragic. And yes, everyone agrees. Probably it will not probably. Actually, I say probably because I have to look at the numbers. 
Because at least like a year ago, when you looked at the school shooting numbers, it was still one of those things that was like the Jaws situation that Jaws comes out and everyone starts getting nervous when they go to the beach about shark. You're not more uh, at risk of shark attacks. It's just you're more aware of it. And so it seems more real. I don't know the current numbers because it seems like over the last month we've had a big uptick in the amount of these violent uh, and public shootings. Uh, maybe you can argue that look at what COVID's done. It's done. It's made crazy people even crazier. And when Fauci's going to, I, I, God, I just, I look at it from a health perspective. I'm just, I'm, I'm looking at things from a health point of view. And even if that means that we're going to run out of food and uh, other people are going to start, I don't look at that stuff. I just look at the health perspective, but the other experts, we, we, we got to, I'm the, I'm the most important expert because I'm looking at it from the health perspective. And those other perspectives, that's not relevant right now. Well, that's fucking stupid. All right. Anyways, I, I didn't have to go on the tangent about Fauci. We're trying to stay focused right now. We're trying to talk about gun control. Uh, so what was I getting at? I don't remember. Something to do. Oh, yeah. So the Democrats are trying to say the only thing that we could possibly do to prevent this is take away everybody's guns. And so I wonder if that's really the only thing that could possibly be done to make an impact on reducing school shootings. Because we can all agree, there's not a single person in the world think, oh, yeah, you want to reduce these? Would you like to see to zero? We're all going to go yes. Even if it's not the most outstanding of all risks, if you actually look at the numbers, I think we're all going to agree that we would like to live in a country where there's zero of it whatsoever. Because lightning, even if it's like a risk of lightning, I don't know that we can solve light. But even that, we would start reducing. If I kept seeing articles about kids getting struck by lightning, we would start going, well, how do we reduce that? How do we have kids not out during lightning storms? How do we have that not happening? So even if this is a, a freak occurrence, which I don't, it, which it would seem maybe I'm being suckered by the news, but it seems to be at least happening at an uptick, which should be alarming. But it's all something, I, it's something that I think we can all agree we'd prefer to see at zero. All right. So here, as the Democrats say that the only thing that we could possibly do to put an end to this would be to take everybody's guns. Uh, here's Thomas Massey, who, who's doing the best job. Uh, let's hear what he has to say about this. I move to strike the last word. Gentlemen, is recognized. Today, we're debating a gun control bill that's actually six gun control bills in one. And why are there six? Because none of them work. If you take six that don't work and put them together, they're not going to work. You can't make up for ineffective bills by having more than one or half a dozen of them. Each and every one of these gun control bills in this single title is unserious and unconstitutional and suffers from the, the problem, the inherent problem that almost all gun control suffers from. And that is criminals do not obey the law. They do not follow the law. Who, who here today thinks that criminals are going to read the Safe Storage Act? And, and you know, some gang members to say, oh, I better lock this gun up or else they'll come and take it. Who here today thinks that a 19-year-old criminal is going to obey the, the restriction on age for uh, having a gun? Nobody here believes this. These are unserious. But they're worse than that. They're going to compromise the rights and the safety of individual citizens, law-abiding citizens. Let me tell you the story of Nikki Goser, who's testified here in Congress. And she worked for me in my congressional office. Nikki watched her husband murdered get murdered in front of her viciously in a gun-free zone. 
while her licensed firearm was in her car outside of the restaurant. She, that haunts her today. Ben and her had just recently been married and they just wanted to be in this restaurant and they followed the law and he was murdered by her stalker in front of her. Now she went on to get the laws changed in Tennessee to get rid of that gun-free zone. But that's one example, just one example of how all the rest of these are going to fail. The criminals do not follow the law. And the biggest thing we could do that nobody on the other side of the aisle is talking about today is to quit advertising our schools as soft zones, soft targets for defenseless teachers, defenseless staff and students who aren't being defended. Congress itself in 1990 passed the Gun-Free School Zone Act. It's done more, it's cost more lives than it has saved. Now, some states have been able to override the Gun-Free School Zone Act and create their own areas. And in those states and those school districts where that's happened, where they've allowed qualified teachers and staff to carry, there hasn't been a single mass shooting in one of those schools. There hasn't been a single shooting of one person in one of those schools. The biggest thing we could do here today is to repeal the 1990 Gun-Free school, school Zone Act so that the default condition in this country is not to advertise every student as a target. Now, to Mr. Cicilline's point, he was talking about the Supreme Court. You know, in 1990... All right. <clears throat> we could stop it there. Um, but... I guess just to state the solution, uh, Democrats are approaching this and they're saying there's only one thing that we can possibly do, and that's take away everyone's guns. And to me, you know, to make that suggestion without looking at any of the other possibilities, it, it, it's like a weird weaselly move where we can't even explore, which is so fucking like... You don't want to look at any numbers. We don't want to look at where these instances are taking place. We don't want to look at if other things could prevent it. Uh, th this one's a pretty good start by him. Let's not make them gun-free zones. These incidents are only happening where they're gun-free zones. Here's another solution. I know no one here likes government spending, but we already have, I think it's 100,000 public schools in the country. Now, every single public school, they got a gym teacher. They got teachers. They got all sorts of staff there. And the staff, what are they, each making about an average of $67,000 a year? We also have 350,000 unemployed military veterans. Now, I don't know how many of these military veterans have combat experience, but let's just assume that at least 50,000 of them do. What would it cost us to have one military veteran at every single school in the country? I mean, yes, it's a price tag, but compared to all these teachers that we're hiring, these gym teachers that we're hiring, and like you want to, I'm just saying, politicians, go steal this one for me. You, you like jobs for veterans and you like safe kids. Seems like a pretty good match just because these cops. They, don't, they show up with their guns. They don't really know what to do. I, I, I bet if you had one combat veteran at every single one of these that have seen real Iraq war, like war experience, they're probably pretty calm in a situation with a single, uh, single school shooter. I bet that's a lot more manageable than kicking in the doors that they had to kick in when they were doing real service. I can't say for fact. I don't know how many, like, I don't know the actual numbers of how many people have seen real combat experience that they would be 100% calm and trained for these types of situations. But I bet there's a fair amount, and I bet some of them would actually like and take that job. And then we had Sam Parker on a little while ago. I thought he had a good idea, which is all these cops that are just sitting around and doing paperwork. Why not move that office into or next to the school with people that are armed and have their guns? 
between those two things, how much do you think we could reduce the rate of school shootings? If you, if, if everyone knew that there was armed military personnel at the school, in addition to the fact that like, you know, the cops are already there. I mean, that's gotta be at least a reduction in response time. I mean, you want a tangible metric at a minimum, if incidences were to occur, I bet there could be a drastic reduction in the fatalities. If you had armed security on staff, then what does it look like if every teacher who uh, is uh, self-sufficient with the gun is allowed to have it in school? I mean, I, I don't that wouldn't have weirded me out if a history teacher or whatever. It, that was a weird thing when you go when I when I went to Israel as a kid and everyone's just kind of walking around with guns. And for the first day, it's like weird as fuck because you're like, wait, you can just walk around with the gun. And then by the second day, you're like, yeah, all right. That's what people do. My cousin, like, I guess my cousin picked me up in a car and he owns a gun. He gets to have his gun. Not a big deal. All right. So that's just a quick snapshot. I would think from there, though, you'd also really want to look at some of the numbers. So you might be able to actually understand the problem that we're having. Like, there's got to be a way to flag and intercept these people. I'm not talking about monitoring their social media. I'm just talking about, like, it, it, like uh, what is the through line? There's got to be some connecting piece. I'm not a detective. But there's got to be some similarities between these individuals who are perpetrating these crimes. Uh, and I would think a starting point might be the medications that they've come on or off. And are the people that are medicating them, do those companies have some? I mean, if we're looking at gun manufacturers, if they're all in the same medications coming on or going off them, is there some liability there? Or maybe when we're medicating people, we need to, the psychologists have some liability to actually be doing a better job of monitoring these individuals. And by the way, I'm just shooting from the hip here. I don't know that these kids are on any medication whatsoever. I'm just saying that to me, that would be an interesting variable to look at. Church groups might be an interesting thing to look at. Have any of these people ever been involved with, uh, with like maybe we need groups outside of school? Or who is the person who could just be flagging, hey, this guy's a fucking weirdo and seems to be having some problems. Like there's really no one in school or like, I, how do you get involved? How do you intercept things earlier? What like, there's just got to be something beyond, hey, we just have to take away the freedoms of every single person that enjoys the personal security of their own gun, which obviously doesn't even make sense as Thomas Massey's saying, because criminals, these people are like, there's something that snapped in their head that's going, I want to just go kill people. And so if we took away all these guns, are these same people just getting into a car and mowing into traffic or like, what are they, what, like, just suddenly their, their, uh, their idea. Oh, here's another variable. How much of this has been influenced by the fact that the news reports on it? And what I mean by that is like, it seems like we've almost, I, I know that this seems so strange, but we've somewhat made it socially acceptable in a weird way. That like, if you now fall out of society and you're a miserable person and you're searching for a new identity, well, you could be like, all right, I guess I'm going to play the school shooter character. Like, whereas when Columbine happened, it's like no one even thought to do that. Like, you wouldn't even think to do that. Like, your brain wouldn't even be so imaginative to go, hey, I want to do something terrible. So here's the terrible thing that I want to do. But every time that we report on these, do we somewhat reinforce it and almost normalize it to crazy people when they start searching for their identity? And they go, all right, well, I guess I'm going to go play that character. I mean, does that does that have an impact? And then is there a way to retract from that impact? I mean, is anyone running that study where maybe if you don't publicize the actual person who did it, maybe you just publicize that the event took place. Maybe that would encourage less of this. I Here's the point I'm making. I'm not telling you that I have the stats and figures. I'm just saying that if you wanted to actually solve the problem, 
Aren't these the kind of things that you would look at as opposed to just saying, hey, if none of us had guns, this wouldn't happen? Because one, that's probably not true. And two, it shouldn't instantly be, hey, government, we need to take more power and restrict people's freedoms. The only solution here is to restrict people's freedoms. Well, then at a minimum, you haven't done your homework. You can't come up with what you can't brainstorm one other possibility. We can't even at least explore that maybe there's another option. What if someone actually stood up and said, well, I've got a perfect piece of technology that we can put into every school. It's a magnet and uh, we can sense if someone has something and it will instantly magnetize. The metal is going to be on the roof. It's completely safe. And I will pay for it. I will literally pay for it out of pocket. I'm Elon Musk and I've got a technology here that if anyone walks into a gun, it actually neutralizes it. When you walk into the school, your jump, your your gun will get uh will get jammed. It gets jammed, and now you don't have a usable weapon. And this thing automatically calls the police. An alarm doesn't go off. And this guy and I will pay to have it in every school. Are the Democrats still going to go? No, sorry. There's no solution other than restricting people's freedoms. Like that can't be the way to have an actual honest conversation about possibly dealing with uh dealing with something. All right, we're gonna do another episode tomorrow because we are uh 52 minutes in. And I've, I've talked myself tired. That That's what I do. You know, I yell so much. I'm like, I got, I got nothing left to say. Now I can just stay home and sit on my couch with tranquility that I've said everything that needs to be said for an entire day. I don't need to say another word all the way till tomorrow. That's the way I do it. Other people, they like to go through life. They like to they like to show up to a party and then they're, they're trying to weasel in. They're trying to weasel in the couple talking points that they have, right? And so they're making boring conversations with people that have no interest in what they have to say, but they try and weasel it. Oh, I was reading this in the paper, and here's the one point I was trying to make. Then you talk to the other guy. I was watching this thing. I was trying, and you're trying to weasel. That's not the way I do it. What I do is every three days I go live. I say every thought I've ever had. I say it really aggressively. I yell it, and then I'm tired. And then I can go, I can just stay home and I don't need to talk to anybody. I think I figured out, you know what? There's someone should teach this to kids. I feel like this is a better form of communication where instead of like, you know, just talking at people that have no interest, you just talk at people through a camera and then people get to decide whether or not they, they want to watch it. This is a better system for communication. I am onto something. All right. Check out some report store. Uh, hoping to film 45 minutes at the end of the summer. Uh, cause I think I got a pretty good 45. Maybe we'll become an hour. Maybe we'll come a half hour. Who knows? Summer porch door. Oh, sheath underwear. Uh, should plug them promo code RYM. You're going to get yourself 20% off. Someone actually showed up to store the other day. Fuck. Yeah. Whoever was, whoever's that mystery person who listened to the last episode with Robert and then showed up at the store, rang the doorbell and said, I listened to run your mouth and I want to buy some fucking sheath. You are the, you are the coolest. I respect the hell out of you. Everyone should make a journey, the pilgrimage to the sheath store in Colorado and actually buy a pair directly from, from Robert. Cause he'll bless him. He'll, he will bless the pair for you. And then, and then you're going to feel better about it. It's not going to be bigger. Oh, look bigger while you're wearing the sheaths. And then, uh, yo deltas. All right, we're done. We're done. We're done. Everybody. We're going to be back tomorrow. Another episode. Uh, cause I got a whole nother episode lined up, ready to go. You guys, I'll, I'll tease what we got next for tomorrow i moved to strike oh yeah we've got biden on camel uh we got a video of a lady who stripped down naked in joel alstein's church uh we've got another lady who took her top off at a at a basketball game in protest uh and then we've got you know ladies letting us know their new pronouns 
so that they can feel good. And then we've got the latest from the press secretary lady on inflation. So that's tomorrow's episode. I will catch you then. Have a great day, everybody.